0: It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Hong Kong's economy contracts at 3.4% in the third quarter. The High Court issues an injunction against doxing or harassment of judges. And the SAR reports its first Covid infection via an unknown source in five days. Hong Kong's economic slump has eased considerably, with new provisional figures showing that GDP declined by 3.4% in the third quarter, compared with 9% 9 falls in the previous two quarters. On a quarter-to-quarter basis, the economy actually grew 3%. Simon Lee is a senior lecturer at the Chinese University's business school.
1: It's much better than expected. I think because uh, there are some resumptions of economic activities, but the original estimate was around negative 6 to negative 7. So it's much better than expected. Um, people maybe get used to, to the COVID-19 environment. They try to resume as many of the business activities as they can. So now can be uh, delivered through the electronic mean And then uh, there may be some resumptions of uh, face-to-face activities due to the relaxations of the restrictions made by the government.
0: The High Court has granted an injunction banning the publication of personal information relating to judges and other judicial personnel, as well as their families. The move follows complaints against magistrates accused of bias towards anti-government protesters. The Business and Professionals Alliance lawmaker Priscilla Leung says she agrees with the injunction as many public figures have suffered so-called doxing.
2: Since last June, many of us who are public figures, including legislators, policemen, government officials, as well as judicial personnel and their relatives, suffer from this kind of data doxing exercise. And it goes beyond feelings. In fact, it does impose the threat that one's safety is under threat. And I do think that law enforcement agencies as well as judicial officers shall be protected.
0: However, the legal sector lawmaker Dennis Kwok urged officials to clearly explain the scope of the injunction.
3: I would also hope that a clearly worded and also clear guidelines could be given so that members of the public would not breach the injunction inadvertently by way of criticizing certain judgments. But I'll urge all members of the public to respect the court order and Also, that members of the judiciary are simply
0: exercising their duty as a judge. The Apple Daily founder, Jimmy Lai, has moved to distance his newspaper from an intelligence report which suggests Hunter Biden, the son of US presidential candidate Joe Biden, has connections with the Communist Party. In a tweet, Mr Lai said his assistant, Mark Simon, put 10,000 US dollars of company money towards the report, but he and the newspaper knew nothing about it. The newspaper said earlier that it was wrongly implicated by a U.S. media outlet, as Vicky Wong reports.
4: U.S. broadcaster NBC has published an article debunking the 64-page report, which it said has been widely spread on right-wing Internet sites and held up as evidence that Joe Biden is beholden to the CCP. Christopher Balding, who claims to be one of the authors, told NBC that the report had been commissioned by Apple Daily. NBC says a spokesperson for Apple Daily confirmed it had worked with Mr. Boulding on the report. But Apple Daily flatly rejects the claims. In a statement, it says it never commissioned Mr. Boulding or anyone else to write the report, and it has nothing to do with it. The newspaper also says it never received any inquiry from NBC before the news story was published, urging the broadcaster to clarify the confusion created as soon as possible. In recent weeks, Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai has openly supported US President Donald Trump in his bid for re-election.
0: Hong Kong has reported its first coronavirus infection with no known source in almost a week. Wendy Wong has details.
4: The city's latest local COVID patient is a 44-year-old office worker who lives in North Point and works at Shuntut Center in Shanghuan. He was identified as a carrier of the virus after undergoing tests arranged by his company on Wednesday. He didn't have any respiratory symptoms but had reported feeling tired for a few days. Dr. Chuan Shuk, of the Center for Health Protection, said some 40 of his co-workers have tested negative for the virus. But 11 of them who are considered close contacts will be put under quarantine. During his infectious period, the man went hiking with friends on Beacon Hill and Mount Parker, and had lunch with the Beacon Hill group. Those friends will too be put under quarantine. Health authorities have also reported six imported COVID-19 cases, involving three people who flew in from India, two from Pakistan and one from the Philippines.
0: You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past eleven. The government is going to the World Trade Organization to challenge the US administration's move to force SAR exports to carry a made in China label. The Commerce Secretary, Edward Yao, expressed disappointment at what he called Washington's vague responses. He said that if the dispute can't be resolved through negotiation within 60 days, Hong Kong could ask the WTO to establish a panel to investigate. If the US would continue to proceed, With this requirement as they claim to take effect
3: on November 10th, yes, uh, Hong Kong export will be affected. At the same time, I think U.S. import will also be affected too. Basic law conferred to Hong Kong our separate custom territory and also a high degree of autonomy, including and in particular in the trade and custom territory. Therefore, it is a matter that Hong Kong can handle on our own. And also, being a separate and independent member of WTO, Hong Kong has this right in our hand.
0: Pro-Beijing lawmaker Junius Howe has been elected as Ledgeco's IT and Broadcasting Panel chairman, despite admitting that he doesn't know much about the industries. His first idea is to merge RTHK with the government's public relations department. Candice Wong has more.
2: Junius Ho has been a fierce critic of RTHK and the opposition camp had strongly opposed his taking up of the panel chairman role, fearing he would target the public broadcaster. He has said in the past that RTHK should serve the government and he also accuses the station of targeting him over claims he was involved in the violent gang rampage in Yunlong last year. Even before the votes were cast in the panel election, he announced that he wanted lawmakers to discuss RTHK future. He spoke through an interpreter.
3: I'd like to add an item here that is, how can we have um, the coordination between RTHK and um, the Information Services Department? What is undesirable is that um, they come under two different bureaus.
2: The Information Services Department serves as the government's public relations unit and also promotes the administration's policies with a view to projecting an accurate image of the city. Aside from Mr. Ho's stance on RTHK, pro democracy legislators also questioned his suitability for the panel chairman position in general, as he has no experience and knowledge of the IT and broadcasting sectors. Mr. Ho admitted that he will have a steep learning curve, but pledged to learn more about the industries he said everyone has room for improvement even him
0: the customs and excise department has made its largest seizure of fake surgical masks so far confiscating 100,000 masks worth three million dollars one man was arrested rthk's wong in thing has more
5: the counterfeit N95 masks were packed in boxes of 20 and seized from a Yunlong warehouse earlier this week. Customs officers pointed out that N95 is more profitable than the typical surgical mask.
3: Tse
5: <coughs> head of the Intellectual Property <coughs> Investigation Bureau, said these masks are for the use of medical staff, and the price is 25 times that of the normal surgical mask. As part of their operation, customs officers also raided a trading company in Kong on Wednesday and arrested its 71-year-old owner. Authorities believe the counterfeit items are aimed for overseas sale, not locally, given the severity of the pandemic situation worldwide. They said the fake masks were not produced in Hong Kong, and they are still investigating where they came from.
3: Mr. De added but that
5: it's difficult to in distinguish in between in genuine in and in fake in masks. In because they are similar in color and size, but he said they have different thickness and words printed on the counterfeit items are blurry. The Customs and Excise Department said since late January, 80 people have been arrested for allegedly selling face masks and other antiseptic products that are not up to standard and violating the trade descriptions ordinance.
0: A Beijing official has dismissed speculation that China is moving away from its open-door policy with its efforts to push the domestic economy. He says, in fact, the country will open up on a higher level. Wendy Wong reports.
4: Han Wenxiu, the deputy director of the Office of the Central Economic and Financial Affairs Commission, says China is building a new development model. At a news conference wrapping up the fifth plenary session of the 19th CPC Central Committee, He said globalization of the economy is experiencing a setback in view of protectionism and unilateralism as well as due to the impact of the pandemic. He said that under such circumstances, strengthening domestic consumption is beneficial to the development of the mainland's economy. But China will open up more and on a higher level allow foreign businesses to enter its market. Mr Han said China will improve the business environment and attract foreign investment to create a win-win
6: situation. A new development
0: model doesn't mean we will avoid opening up. Instead, the scale of our imports and exports, as well as foreign investments, will continue to expand and our international status will continue to climb.
4: Mr Han also commented on the development of Hong Kong, saying the central government will strengthen its support for the city to become an international centre for innovative technology. He added that the development of the Greater Bay Area will help residents of Hong Kong and Macau work on the mainland.
0: Two lesbian couples have been married in the Taiwanese army's annual mass wedding ceremony. Same-sex marriages were legalised in Taiwan last year, the first place in Asia to do so, as Cindy Su reports.
2: Dressed in the military uniform, Major Wang Yi and First Lieutenant Chen Yingxuan walked down the red carpet, holding hands with their civilian wives, and were among the 188 couples who were married by the commander of the army. Last year, three homosexual couples registered to take part in the military's annual weddings, but backed out due to social pressure. This year, there was no such pressure, but rather blessings from the military and members of the public on the army's Facebook page. The army said that, including same-sex couples, reflected its enlightened and progressive attitude.
0: Sources say Ant Group has broken records in both the number of people subscribed and the amount of money it locked up in its highly anticipated IPO in Hong Kong. Joanne Wong reports.
7: RTHK learned that nearly one-and-a-half million retail investors had signed up for the offering for the mobile payment giant as of 11 a.m. today. The subscription deadline ended at noon. If confirmed, that would surpass ICBC's public offering in 2006 when almost one million people subscribed for the mainland bank's listing. And retail subscription has reportedly frozen almost 1.3 trillion dollars in funds almost doubling the record set by mainland bottled drinks maker Nongfu Springs' IPO last month. The digital finance firm, which operates Alipay, is on course to top Saudi Aramco to become the world's biggest IPO, raising an expected 34.5 billion U.S. dollars in its dual listing and will debut on both the Hong Kong Stock Exchange and Shanghai's Nasdaq star market next Thursday. It has set the offer price at 80 dollars in Hong Kong and 68.8 yuan in Shanghai per share. Fish Ratings as Ant's public offering has highlighted Hong Kong's role as a world financial center. It said Hong Kong's attractiveness to Chinese firms for raising international capital as well as its sizable external and fiscal buffers will help to mitigate the credit impact of a recent erosion in perceptions of its governance standards and the economic shock from the coronavirus Pandemic. Fish said around 350 billion US dollars were raised in Hong Kong for the first nine months of the year.
0: Sport now, and time to look ahead to the top English soccer games this weekend. Here's the
6: BBC's John Bennett. Manchester United will be full of confidence after a very impressive win in the Champions League on Wednesday. They beat Bundesliga leaders RB Leipzig 5 0 with Marcus Rashford scoring a hat trick. Excellent preparation for the home match against an Arsenal side that lost to Leicester City in their last Premier League fixture. Champions Liverpool have defensive problems going into the game against in-form West Ham United. Virgil van Dijk is out long-term with a knee injury... Fabinho came off with a hamstring problem in the Champions League midweek and Joel Matip is recovering from a leg injury. So Joe Gomez will probably be partnered by one of the club's youngsters versus a West Ham side that is unbeaten in four matches. Manchester City take on Sheffield United, who are yet to win this season, but did play well against Liverpool last weekend. And Chelsea are aiming to get back to winning ways after two straight Premier League draws when they face Burnley who have picked up only one point so far. Tottenham are being talked about as a genuine contender for the Premier League title this season. And after a 1-0 win to Burnley last Monday, they face Brighton. And league leaders Everton are up against the Newcastle side that has won two of their opening six games.
0: A reminder, of our top stories tonight, Hong Kong's economy contracts 3.4% in the third quarter, the High Court issues an injunction against doxing or harassment of judges, and the SAR reports its first COVID infection via an unknown source in five days. The news from RTHK. RTHK
2: Radio 3.
0: It's time now to look at stories covered in this evening's News Wrap programme. Hong Kong's economic slump has eased considerably, with new provisional figures showing that GDP declined by 3.4% in the third quarter, compared with 9% decreases in the previous two quarters. On a quarter-to-quarter basis, the economy actually grew 3%. But while the government says the improvement is partly due to a gradual improvement in both domestic and external demand, bolstered by the mainland's economic recovery, the figure was also boosted by a low base of comparison. A spokesman noted that economic activity is still notably below pre-recession levels, and exports of services continue to plummet as inbound tourism remains frozen. Anna Marie Evans asked Simon Lee, a senior lecturer at the Chinese University's Business School, what he made of the figure.
1: It's much better than expected. I think because uh, there are some resumptions of economic activities, but the original estimate was around negative 60, negative 7, so it's much better than expected. Um, people maybe get used to, to the. So-called COVID-19 environment, they try to resume as many of the business activities as they can. Uh, so some originally some business originally cannot be conducted through the internet, so now it can be uh, delivered through the electronic means. And then uh, there may be some resumptions of uh, face-to-face activities due to the relaxations of the restrictions made by the government. Mm,
2: so yeah, so with the epidemic situation stabilizing, you're hopeful that the local economy is embarking on a path of recovery.
1: Yeah, but uh, I think eventually we'll reach the saturation point because it still depends on the reopening of the border. And uh, we see that the worst time, that that there wasn't any dining time at night and then restricted to, uh, relaxed to two people, four people and uh, six people would help to improve the uh, the economic activities or not.
2: Indeed. So uh, now you were talking about the borders, the, the travel bubble agreement reached with Singapore. How much of a help would this be for the tourism industry?
1: Just from the figures may not help a lot, but this is a good starting point. The world uh, will focus, will look at uh, how successful it will be. If it is successfully implemented, then we will be relaxed to other countries, um, Korea, uh, Thailand, and then uh, Japan. Then eventually... Um, not the full, not the full scale, but at least uh, uh, quite a substantial number of uh, leisure tourists and then uh, the business tourist activities can be resumed. And it also really depends that the, the most important part is the reopening of the border between Hong Kong and Shenzhen and Hong Kong and Macau, especially around Shenzhen, because lots of um, so inter border inter border activities between Shenzhen and Hong Kong, not the shopping, but also uh, some personal service they come to Hong Kong uh, to buy immersion product to do the medical check-up and also business conference, academic activities. But now uh, we can resume a little bit. For example, myself, I still use Zoom to deliver my uh, master classes for CU Education jet. So some activities which cannot be there for online, I mean, is suspended, but then people will try their best to use whatever I means to resume uh, at least 60 or 70% of the original scale.
0: The outgoing CEO of the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, Charles Lee, has been named a member of the governing council of the University of Hong Kong. He was appointed by the university's chancellor, Chief Executive Carrie Lam, to fill a vacancy. But Mak Tung Wing, the deputy head of the university's alumni concern group, is concerned that this is part of government efforts to expand its control of the body. He spoke to Wendy Wong.
3: Abing Chau'sley is part of the overall scheme for the Chancellor, which is concurrently the Chief Executive of Hong Kong Special Administrative Region Government, to tighten the control over the U- U- University of Hong Kong's administration. As everybody is aware, that Chancellor concurrently the CE has the power to appoint seven members of the University Council members and the Chairman, and then the Council will also have the power to appoint another six member. So in other words, in terms of the system, chancellor will have a direct or indirect effect to appoint uh, 13 members of council, which already account for more than 50% of the 24 members council. And from the council, of course, they can select uh, the vice chancellor or the president uh, of the university. Now, if you put Charles Lee as part of the scheme that is now appointed to one of the members of the U.S. U- U- council, there is a widespread rumors that Charles Lee may be the possible successor to Professor Lee Ho-chang to become the uh, council chairman appointed expiry of the tenure by the end of December next year. From what I have just described, it's the only part of the script. Whether he will be the chairman of the council, technically, we will not alter the picture.
4: Does that mean you think it doesn't really matter who is appointed to the council, as long as it's appointed by the government, the government will be able to exert its influence through these appointments?
3: Of course, that's the case. I don't think it matters a lot whether Charles Lee is a member or not, or whether he's a chairman. Whatever the one who is in the position, he or she must execute the policy of titanic control over the university administrations.
0: Official figures show the U.S. economy grew at its fastest ever pace in the third quarter of the year. GDP increased at a record annual rate of 33% after a severe dip in the previous months because of the coronavirus pandemic. President Trump was quick to seize on the figure, telling a campaign rally in Tampa, Florida, that it was proof of the success of his economic policies. We
3: are doing great. Do you see the number today? 33.1 GDP, the biggest in the history of our country, by almost triple, right? Almost triple. Now oh, it's uh, very much bigger than any GDP we've ever had. You have to go back to the 1950s, and then it's less than half. This is the greatest number, 33.1%.
0: Mike Weeks asked the Voice of America's White House bureau chief, Steve Herman, if the third quarter growth figures are a major boost to Mr. Trump's reelection hopes.
8: Yes, it's something that he's touting, uh, obviously. It is uh, an eye-popping number, but we have to put it in the context of remembering where the U.S. economy is coming from after that precipitous drop earlier in the year due to the coronavirus pandemic. So, uh, yes, the, uh, the economy is uh, recovering and uh, the president is taking credit for that. And he, of course, has been pushing for everything to reopen, something the Democrats have been much more cautious about, uh, saying we're still in the midst of a coronavirus pandemic and that uh, cases are going up again in this country.
0: Yeah, that, that new surge in the coronavirus pandemic, that's likely again, isn't it, to stymie the U.S. economic recovery?
8: Well, it certainly uh, would if uh, we see the sort of um, shutdowns uh, that a lot of uh, governors uh, uh, do want to put into place. And uh, this is a real issue in the uh, in the election here because uh, Joe Biden, of course, taking a more cautious approach. You can see the difference uh, between the two campaigns themselves, where the president's been holding these large rallies with people packed together. Not many people wearing masks while Joe Biden has been doing these socially distanced drive-in rallies, been mocked by the president for having people sit in circles inside gymnasiums, and uh, they have very much limited uh, their crowd size. And the president pointing to his crowd sizes, saying this is proof that he's doing much better and will win this election against Joe Biden.
0: Well, both of them have been out campaigning in Florida. Does that mean the state is expected to again be crucial in determining a U.S. presidential race?
8: Yeah, it's absolutely crucial. Um, It's possible uh, to uh, gather enough electoral votes uh, without Florida, but Florida makes it so much easier. And the other thing we're looking at right now is Texas is in play, uh, which is really amazing. Uh, But it shows you how much has changed in four years, not only with uh, Joe Biden being a very different candidate from Hillary Clinton, but also the fact that the demographics of Texas have changed. And uh, there's just so much early voting going on, uh, both at polling stations and with mail and ballots uh, showing a, a tremendous amount of enthusiasm for this election.
0: Okay, well, what are the polls showing us in Florida and Texas then?
8: It is very, very tight. What we're looking at now is essentially uh, we're within the margin of error on major polls. So I I think you have to say that both states are a toss-up. For the Republicans to lose uh, Texas would be an absolute stunner. Florida could go either way. It would not be a surprise uh, if uh, the Biden uh, campaign does not win Florida. They hope to be able to do a, a sort of a roll uh, through uh, the Midwestern states, including uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, also where things are state, but more leaning in Joe Biden's direction. So there is a path of victory uh, for Joe Biden uh, without winning Florida. But if the Democrats were to win Florida, it, it seems almost inconceivable that um, uh, the, the Trump uh, campaign would be successful.
0: We're going into outer space now to talk about the 20th anniversary of mankind being aboard the International Space Station which is being marked next month. To coincide with that, a unique immersive four-part television series has just premiered titled Space Explorers – The ISS Experience. It's billed as the largest production ever filmed in space. Taking two years to make, it has the backing of NASA and was undertaken aboard the ISS following the lives of eight astronauts utilising special 360-degree space cameras. First, let's have a listen to the trailer. We're more than just going to space for a dangerous trip like we used to. Now we live here.
5: The sooner you can remap
1: everything
0: to be 3D... The BBC's Rahul Tandon spoke to one of the key producers, Paul Raphael, about the challenges of making the film.
9: It's a long process for sure. I mean, there's the technical part, And there's also you know building a relationship with nasa and 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 getting an understanding on how uh how to operate uh in in collaboration with them and it's it's really a, a a process that's been going on for close to four or five years now
6: but let's look at that technical part because you know you can't send a cameraman up into space can you i don't imagine nasa would be too happy with that so and the cameras themselves, I presume, would have to be specially designed to cope yes. with with the temperatures and, and all the other things up there in space. absolutely.
9: yeah, so uh, you know w- one of the advantages of, of shooting in in, uh, in virtual reality and in, in 360 degrees is that you actually don't need that much camera movement. so uh, once once the cameras positioned, uh, we can we can just record and and we get this this shot that gives the viewer the impression of actually being there and they can choose to look around uh, themselves in virtual reality. And what we can also do with this footage is, if we want to, for example, make a two dimensional version or, or traditional TV version, uh, we can then create a virtual camera movement from this static 360 image. So those are some of the ways we. We handle uh, being, you know, directors here on Earth with cameras uh, zooming around the planet. And and yes, indeed, the, the cameras themselves have been uh, heavily modified.
6: I know that the astronauts, when they saw it, you talked about that immersive experience for the viewers. I mean, they were pretty impressed themselves, weren't they?
9: Absolutely. I mean, th- this is the first time, and we've heard this many times, that uh, they're actually able to show people on Earth, what it's like to be up there and and this is amazing this was really what we wanted to do with this project is is not tell you about space uh or about this the international space station you know we've all heard and seen countless uh hours of content on that we really wanted to, to to bring you up there and and spend some time with the astronauts and get a sense more not for what they're doing although they you certainly get to to see that but but what it actually is like to to be in microgravity and to to live on this giant hunk of metal that's careening
6: around the planet you're a big space fan like me you like 2001 a space odyssey the stanley mm-hmm. kubrick film when you're sitting there watching this what have you learned what 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 has stood out for you
9: this is the realization of a, a dream that really started when I when I first saw 2001 A Space Odyssey uh, when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, it inspired me to be a filmmaker and, and, and eventually work in immersive storytelling, and in, in this case, virtual reality. And it, it's, you know, there's something about space itself that is so close to what it is that excited me about Filmmaking to begin with, and it's not so much the telling of stories; it's it's this this sense of presence that you get when you're confronted with something you've never seen before, something that's so awe-inspiring that you, you actually can't just tell that story. You have to live it, and that's that's what you know. The dream was when we, we founded our studio to, to make people live these kinds of experiences, and space is just that ultimate experience. It really is the next step arguably in, in human evolution, you know, we, and now we're, we're going out into space and it's just a, a, a mind altering thing to, to, to experience. And, and of course, I'm excited to be creating this content, but, but I'm just as excited to experience it myself because I can, for the first time, feel a remote sense of, 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 of what that's like.
0: Those stories were part of the News program which was broadcast on RTHK earlier this evening. Steve Dunson from our newsroom.
4: The Task Force for the Study on Tenancy Control of Subdivided Units is conducting research on subdivided units. No matter if you are living in a subdivided unit or not, the Task Force wants to hear from you. Join the public forums to be held in October. The Task Force will also conduct interviews with residents of subdivided units for the survey. Please offer your support. Visit the Transport and Housing Bureau website, www.thb.gov.hk, for details.
5: Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3.
6: January to December, we'll have moments to read.
0: Some enchanted evening. Mentavani. To dedicate this on to Doris Marquez, who's ninety-six today. From all your friends, Doris, because you've been such a wonderful lady, going doing charitable work for everybody
9: around uh, the church.
0: Wonderful, wonderful way to uh, start nostalgia. Some enchanted evening with Mantovani, who else? It's now, let me see, 20... 26 minutes to midnight.
9: The more I see you The more I want Somehow this feeling Just grows and grows With every sigh I become more mad about you More lost without you
3: And so it goes
8: Can you imagine